1: Now it's time to talk about
2: wages in America. They've been stagnant for decades, since the early 70s, Why is that? For some answers, we turn to Bryce Covert. She writes about the economy for the nation and the New York Times op-ed page. She's also written for The Washington Post, New York Magazine, The New Republic, and others. She's appeared on ABC, CBS, NPR, and Morning Joe on MSNBC. The National Women's Political Caucus in 2016 gave her their award for exceptional merit in media. Bryce Covert, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Well, in your piece for the nation's special issue on Monopoly Power in America, you talk about something called non-poaching agreements at places like McDonald's. We're not talking here about poaching eggs.
3: (laughs) No, we are talking about the kind of poaching where you're trying to take something perhaps in a kind of shady way these agreements in theory are meant to protect company secrets or you know, intellectual property. So for example, if there's an engineer working on things at Microsoft that are sensitive, he is asked to sign a non-compete or non-poaching agreement so that he can't just take that knowledge and get Coached by Apple and then spill all the beans and Apple makes lots of money off of what Microsoft already developed. However, these agreements have now really blossomed and proliferated throughout the entire economy and are showing up in places where it just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. One particular area that's been studied is franchises throughout the country. So, you know, a McDonald's for example, McDonald's often doesn't run its own restaurants. It has franchisees who run their own particular stores under the McDonald's umbrella mcdonald 's, however, forces them all to sign these non compete agreements, which says that they can 't try to hire employees from a different franchisee of mcdonald 's and what that what that has meant in practice for some people i in my article, I talk about one particular woman who's suing the company is that you know she was frustrated with the job she had at mcdonald 's in the particular franchise. They weren't really letting her advance. She felt like she wasn't getting the raises she deserved, but her experience was really, you know, applicable to the company. She'd learned a lot about working at McDonald's, so she tried to get hired by a different franchise that would pay her more, but that non-compete agreement meant that legally that other franchisee wasn't allowed to hire her and she was stuck where she was it's hard to see what kind of company secrets or intellectual property might be protected by that. And instead what it seems like these agreements are likely doing, particularly for low wage workers like her or people at, you know, Burger King or Baskin Robbins, is it's trying to hold them in place so that they can't do something like that where they get a job getting paid more. It serves to hold down their wages because they have a lot less negotiating power against their bosses if they can't just threaten to leave or actually leave for a higher paying job.
2: The case uh, that you wrote about and that you've referred to is about an employee at one McDonald's store being unable because she signed a non-compete, non-poaching agreement to work at a different McDonald's. But could she go to Burger King, or or could Burger King, I don't know, get the secret of the Big Mac by poaching on a McDonald's crew member?
3: There are also a bunch of non compete agreements that are again spreading throughout the economy, um, where people can't move even to another company, um, and these are also becoming more common. Again, they're showing up for low wage workers. So you know, someone who works at for example, Jimmy John's, which is a sandwich place that's sort of come under scrutiny for this practice, they were required as part of you know signing up for their job to sign this non-compete agreement that they, many workers found out sort of after the fact often. That that barred them from working at any other sandwich shop for a, puti- a period of time. Um, it's again, it's hard to see what secret sauce Jimmy John's <laughs> might be protecting that would warrant something like this. And if it really is more about limiting workers' mobility so that you don't have to compete on wages and things like that, then that's potentially illegal under our antitrust laws. But it's all sort of, it's a kind of new frontier I think in both in um, employer contracts and also now in litigation like this woman who brought a lawsuit against McDonald's.
2: And this is the first time we've discussed Jimmy John's secret sauce on The Nation podcast.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So why
2: why do workers sign non-compete agreements that keep their wages down? Why don't they just say they won't do it?
3: Well, it's a very good question, and I think this gets to sort of the larger point of my article, which is that a lot of them don't have any other choice. Um, The studies that have looked at these have found that about two-thirds of job applicants who sign these non-compete agreements had no other job opportunities. So, you know, you can imagine putting yourself in those shoes. You need a job. You're about to get a job, and they say, great, we want to hire you. You just have to sign on the dotted line, and that dotted line includes promising to abide by this non-compete agreement. That gets to this larger issue of why workers have so little power vis-a-vis their employers. Um, And in my article, I talk about what's called monopsony power, which is a weird-sounding word that sounds like I'm butchering the word monopoly power. Um, It's related to monopolies, but it's a little bit different. Um, A monopoly has eaten up an entire consumer market. So if you want to go buy a chair, a monopoly has... The power to be the only seller of chairs and you have to pay whatever it is that they charge for that chair you need because there's no other businesses competing and offering lower prices monopsony power is similar and usually a monopolized company can exert this kind of power it's basically the only employer that a particular worker can go to to get a job so if I'm a chair maker and I live in Ohio. There's only one chairmaker in Ohio where I can get a job, and what that ends up doing is giving this employer a ton of power over you. So, for example, it could force you to sign a non-compete agreement and a bunch of other things that it could potentially do to hold down your wages It's it's really hard to ask for a raise it's really hard to leave for another job if there are no other jobs it's hard to threaten to leave for another job or quit in order to get a raise if really you are stuck with this one chairmaker in ohio Um, and what research is now starting to show is that we live in an economy where this is happening more and more frequently industries are concentrating and economists are now finding that that concentration is indeed holding down wages. It's a part of the puzzle of why workers are not making more.
2: Well, we have antitrust laws. They're not being enforced very much right now. But if they were enforced, would they be able to address the problem that you have told us about?
3: Right now, basically, the way it works is if companies want to merge and become one conglomerate, really the only test they have to go through with federal regulators is whether or not they will raise prices for consumers. That doesn't get at the issue of whether that could eliminate a competing employer and give workers a lot fewer options, thereby limiting their wage growth or holding down their pay. So we could take it into account you know regulators could start be, making that part of the test to say you know you guys are going to have way too much power in this market you might be able to promise us the same prices or lower prices but you can't promise that jobs aren't going to be eliminated and wages aren't going to be held down and that it could be blocked on those grounds but that really i mean that just is unheard of right now it has been unheard of for decades and it would take a real rethink and perhaps even rewrite of the rules that we currently live by.
2: That would require a big rethink, but something that a lot of us have been thinking about lately is a $15 minimum wage. Would that help the problem of low-wage workers being uh, crippled by monopsony?
3: I think it would. I think basically anything we can do to help boost people's, both their pay and their bargaining power, helps reduce Monopsony power of among employers. So, you, if you raise the minimum wage, what you're doing is basically giving people the pay increase that they should be able to get on their own in a marketplace where they actually have equal power against their employers. If our economy is set up and it really looks like it is so that employers have more and more power against us to hold down our pay, what congressional lawmakers can do is say, well, okay, we're going to raise people's base pay. Um, so that's one way. Another way is to help them unionize because that helps gather their power vis a vis employers. Another idea that was floated to me when I wrote this article was to do something like either a jobs guarantee or a basic income, um, both of which basically give people some amount of income to fall back upon if they can't find a job and that would help because then even if there's only one chairmaking employer in Ohio if you don't want to accept the low wages that they're offering you could instead either go get a job through the federal jobs guarantee or you could rely on your basic income for a while and figure out a way to either you know get a different job get some education move you know whatever it is start your own business um, it would give people a little bit more um, freedom to say no to wages that they don't think are fair. So there are those kinds of things that sort of get at the issue without changing our regulatory regime.
2: Universal basic income sounds kind of utopian in the age of Trump. How how about just banning non-compete agreements for wage workers?
3: That is also an option. Um, And it's one that's under consideration. Um, They're basically, these non-compete agreements are basically all but unenforceable in three states, California, Oklahoma, and North Dakota, which I think is an interesting group of states, not necessarily a bunch of deep blue places. But that is certainly something you can do pretty easily legislatively that at least would help free up mobility for some of these workers who are trapped by these agreements.
2: We're talking about why workers' pay has been stagnating for so many decades. I've heard that the reason is that workers are failing to get more education. It's the workers' own fault. That's that's what I've heard. What have you heard?
3: Yeah, I think there's a lot of this idea. I think particularly during the recession, there was this idea of what People were calling a skills mismatch where employers wanted to hire but they just couldn't find people who had the right skills or the right education and really I think that story (laughs) I hope it's been put to rest because you know even as the economy is doing so much better than it was then right now um, a lot more people have jobs you know these companies are have hired a lot of people our pay still has not gone up and that doesn't really jive with that story because if employers are unable to find the right workers for the job one thing they can do is increase the pay and attract the right people Um, you know if you're trying to hire someone uh, who's really skilled at chair making and you're only offering $8 an hour and no one's biting, a great idea (laughs) is to offer a little bit more pay and see if someone who's really skilled says you know what, I will take that chair chairmaking job for $15 an hour. We're not seeing that happening. Um, so something is, is off here. Um, and I think the idea of monopsony power, that employers just have this inordinate amount of control over the labor landscape, is starting to be a much more widely accepted explanation for what might be going on here.
2: Bryce Covert. She wrote about some of the reasons for stagnant wages for the nation's special issue on monopoly power in America. You can read it at thenation.com, where she also has a terrific cover story on sexual harassment of women who work in restaurants and bars. Thank you, Bryce.
3: Thank you so much.